it's pretty interesting to see something with uh, like such high negative sentiment. I mean, something as polarizing as the, the topic that is the 2020 election. I think that's what most of the super, super high negative sentiment can be attributed to. Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly insight about data-driven analysis from the most recent topics trending in the U.S. I'm Natasha Ponganis, your host today, and I'm the co-founder of Nativa Inc. Uh, like prior presidential elections in 2016, uh, our team of data analysts are analyzing and tracking the pulse of the Latino and Black vote as we approach the presidential election set for November 3rd. 2020. Um, according to the census data, the U.S. Hispanics represent 18% of the population today, and Blacks are the 13.5%. Um, so Oye Business Intelligence really track the authentic voices of the Black and Hispanic community in the U.S. On the podcast today, we'll be sharing the latest insight of the past 30-day data that we collected analyzing conversations for the two candidates. Joe Biden, the former vice president, and the current president of the U.S., Donald Trump. Um, queries were built across various specific keywords, such as um, voting for, vote for, votar for, so both were said in Spanish and English. A total of 345,000 conversations were collected for this analysis, but let me had my guest today, so Eric Diaz is also the co-founder of OYE Business Intelligence in Nativa, and Jake Campbell, one of our analysts. So let's get started. Jake, if you can please share with us today what was the process to collect this data, what were some of the keywords that were collected, and if you can share also some of the analysis regarding the different ethnic groups. Yeah, for sure. So right off the bat, something like the 2020 election, you know, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of different things, and so for our um, for our data that we collected, we wanted to make sure that we were getting what we wanted. And so we searched for like our keywords for each, um, you know, each person, Trump and Biden. Those are our two different brands. Uh, for the keywords, we use like their name, Trump and Biden, and then their slogan, like Trump 2020 or Biden 2020. And then we used, we, we made sure that we, we wanted those like tweets with either like Biden or Trump. Biden Trump 2020, we wanted to make sure that it also contains some keywords about voting because we didn't want to get other conversation that had anything else to do with anything else other than voting. And so we made sure that we also had our Spanish equivalents that were uh, votando por, votar por, mm -hmm. uh, vote por. And then we had uh, other words like vote for and voting for, so then the, the English equivalent. And we wanted to make sure we didn't uh, do any uh, like past tense, like voted for, because we wanted information that was exclusively revolved, or, like revolving around the 2020 election. And then we wanted to make sure to exclude keywords that had anything to do with the other candidate for that candidates like brands so, so for example for the like when we were searching for trump we made sure to exclude keywords having to do with biden because we wanted the conversation to be solely around that one candidate and not have noise about like you know them talking about like someone talking about this like those two candidates in the same in the same context 
That's a good point, Jack. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I liked also, uh, I saw the query you set up, and I did like that uh, you excluded all the retweets. So, and it, so, and, and I, I like when we do that because it, it does tend to get more of those like authentic opinions as opposed to get, just getting a, a post that gets you know retweeted a couple hundred times. We're getting all original content. So all those, uh, I don't remember the, the, the exact volume, but all of those hundreds of thousands of posts were all original posts, which is great. Absolutely. So let's just start going more in depth into the analysis, which actually is going to be free to download in our website and you can listen to the full podcast in uh, Spotify as well. But Jake, let's take a look about the language analysis. Um, or Eric, if you can just tell us a little bit more, because this is a very insightful uh, analysis as well when we compare to some of the prior data that we have collected for other topics. Uh, sure, absolutely. So on the language analysis, one of the things I thought was interesting was that even though, as Jake explained, we did a lot of searching or we did a lot of setup that would give us all types of uh, uh, mixes of pure Spanish as well as bilingual conversations, it was really dominant in English. Uh, so you, if you can see, uh, uh, those of you guys can see my screen, it's about 98 to 99% uh, pure English. And it's um, very little Spanish, and then even the bilingual is, is really, really limited. There's like less than, a, looks like 0.7% for Biden, and Trump is uh, similar, 0.7% as well. So we're getting really, um, and we'll see this when we, when we talk about the Hispanicity, the, uh, the, the, the type of Hispanic getting. We're getting very much um, the H1 type of Hispanic, which is the, the more acculturated, uh, American-born, English-speaking primarily, Hispanic that's that's talking about it and not so much uh, as you can see by the numbers, you know, less than 3% or let for for both candidates came in any kind of either Spanish or bilingual mix. And this is very interesting because usually when we analyze some other topics in other industries, uh, English tend to dominate the conversations, but I think we have the it's very seldom when we see such a large volumes of English dominant in conversation. So I think this is something that we're going to start tracking as we approach uh, the November election and see if there is any changes of the volume of conversations by language. Uh, but as an initial insight, I think this is definitely something uh, very interesting just to continue monitoring and, and tracking. Um, I think you mentioned something about the Hispanicity and the different levels. Maybe if you can just share a little bit more insight. In You mentioned there was one specific Hispanicity level that dominated the conversations? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Hispanicity was really dominated by H1 and H3. And so H1, which we, we rarely see at this high, H1 typically is, I, I want to say, Jake and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's around maybe 20% roughly is usually uh, on the average uh, U.S. Hispanic conversation, about 20% of those are H1s which means that they're the most acculturated type of Hispanics. Um, they are Hispanic, they're born in the United States, they speak English, uh, and they carry mostly Americanized tra uh, traditions, like watching NFL football, things like that. So on both of them, for both candidates, we saw over 50% were categorized as being H1, which is extremely high. Yeah, uh, the normal HA1 is uh, indexed 17% on average, so to see anything over 50% for something like this, that's absolutely insane. Right. And, uh, the other thing I would say is that, so H3 is also slightly over-indexed. Uh, Jake, if you, if you, I can't remember what the, what the index is, but 
it is a little bit higher. Um, so we, we were seeing from people that are online talking about the two candidates, what we're seeing is, is it's being made up by primarily the English speaking, um, so like the very, the acculturated Hispanics, but also the H3s, which are more bilingual, which are more, you know, kind of go both cultures, bilingual, biculturals, and they're also over. Yeah, they're slightly over next because uh, you see they're sitting a little over 26% for between each brand, Biden and Trump. And then the average is 25%. So they're right, like they're right at like about where they should be a little bit over index, not nearly as much as the, as the HA1 though. And then, and also something for like, and just like a, as a possible reason as to why that is. I mean, obviously when you have something like the, the 2020, uh, like United States presidential election, maybe there's more people who are talking about something like this than there would be for, another thing so more ha1s who normally wouldn't have tweeted or talked about anything aren't being like brought into this conversation because it, it is like you know presidential election in mm -hmm. their country and stuff like that so that could just maybe be one one reason why we see it so much higher than we normally do yeah absolutely and i think you know as we talk about the different level of hispanicity with hispanics i think age is another very interesting insight uh when we look across the hispanic conversations that we analyze, uh, the 35 to 44 year old um, definitely over-indexing number of conversations, uh, but also there was very interesting, they were followed by the 25 to 34 year old. So what we see in here is the majority among Hispanics millennials and the younger Gen Xers are the ones who are actually talking about the future presidential elections. Um, also very interesting to see is in particular for Joe Biden, uh, on the graph for those who can see the screen is the a high percent of I guess the next percent will be that about 21 percent actually came from um, the younger group uh, and for Trump I think where we see the difference between volume between Trump and, and Biden uh, now when we move to the next group that we analyzed which was the um, black communities uh, very similar we actually right there in the graphic, we see the 35 to 44 year old also is the group that dominated the conversation, similar to the Hispanic group. However, among blacks, what we see is the, a younger group, the 18 to 24 is the second group. Um, so what we see among black is millennials again, but the older Gen Z who are also engaging in these political conversations. Um, now, what we see here in the graphic is that among black communities, we actually see a slightly increase of conversations for Joe Biden with 23% um, versus uh, Trump with 14% among the younger group, the 18 to 24. Um, so definitely what we see, I think, is the takeaways. Millennials are actively engaging in Twitter. Um, they're sharing the organic conversations and point of view ac across the elections. And, uh, and once we start going more into the sentiment analysis, where we can start seeing some other insights. Um, so maybe if we can move on to the sentiment, and Jake, I know that you have found very interesting insight here between how much positive and negative conversations were for both candidates. Yeah, I mean, so looking at, looking at it right off the bat, you'll see that it's almost kind of a 50-50 split between positive and negative sentiment between both candidates with 50 for people who, who can't see this. 
55% positive for Biden and 44% negative for Biden and then 51% positive for Trump and then 48% negative for Trump. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see something with uh, like such high negative sentiment. I mean, something as polarizing as the, the topic that is the 2020 election. I think that's what most of the super, super high negative sentiment can be attributed to. And then when, when I was looking at the, like the data, looking at the specific tweets of like the specific positive tweets and the specific negative tweets, looking at trends to see what was, what was really positive about Trump, what was really positive about Biden, like from what people were talking about, vice versa. There wasn't a whole lot of criticism of, of policy, such as, oh, I won't be voting for Biden because he did X, Y, Z. Like and he supported this thing, or I'm I'm not voting for Trump because of his like education policy or something like that. It was all people. It was a lot of like personal attacks between a lot of um, like let people just drawing lines and being like, nope. If you if you did this, then then I we can't have a conversation. Or you're like bad if you don't support this person for this reason. And then actually, interestingly enough, because of the super polarized, like the, 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 the super polarizing nature of this topic, there was a, a, quite a few people who, in terms of what they were talking about in their tweets, they were like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm not voting for anyone and I'm completely turned off, which I thought was kind of interesting. Because then even when you go into the African-American sentiment, you'll notice that it bumps a little bit. It bumps ever so slightly. Biden's positive sentiment in the African-American community increases by a couple percentage points just as trump's decreases by a similar number of percentage points which actually puts trump in a majority uh negative sentiment 5.1 or 51.5 percent negative sentiment which is really interesting because i've personally never seen a majority negative sentiment for a short study that i've ever done before and uh and jake so looking through some of that negative sentiment was it all pretty uh pretty clean pretty pg rated for sure not. It was, it was absolutely, I mean, you know, I wanted to try to stay away from like profanity and, and, and get more like, like substance in terms of like tweets that were analyzing stuff so that that is like better. But I'll say it was, it was really, really, really hard to find that. To be honest <laughs> with you. I think and perhaps that is because we're still somehow early on. Uh, and as we approach perhaps the election day, we're going to start seeing a little more defined sentiment based on a strategic plans that each candidate might be presenting, but I guess that's to be determined as we continue doing the analysis. Yeah. So maybe we can now look a little bit more onto, on the geographic location and what, mm -hmm. where did we see some of the hotspots for Hispanics and for Blacks in the United States? So in uh, looking at the looking at the heat map for the uh, Hispanic location analysis, uh, you can see some of the hot spots were places like California and Florida, where a lot of the Hispanic Twitter volume was coming from. Uh, and then and, and just to reclarify, th this is this information like location and volume and stuff is simply just people who are talking about who are mentioning anything having to do with with Trump or Biden and the, the presets that that and the prerequisites that we already set at the beginning when we were trying to source our data. 
and all that stuff. So that has nothing to do with like like automatic sentiment or whether they like like feel or lean a certain way. This is exclusively just people mentioning and talking about Biden and Trump, mentioning them in certain ways on Twitter. In regards to voting. Uh-huh, yeah. specifically in regards to voting and present tense for this current election, not not sentiment in, uh, in the past. Uh, and then for, we saw super high volume in the Hispanic locations and coming out of Miami, Los Angeles, and New York specifically. And then something that I noticed uh, in Miami was that a lot of the tweets uh, from the Hispanic community coming out of there were a lot of anti-Trump related tweets uh, just kind of across the board. And then looking at the African-American uh, location analysis, uh, heat spots are in places like Maryland and Georgia. That's where the, the largest, like the, the, the largest amount of volume came from. The top three locations were Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, and Chicago, Illinois, which all makes sense considering that they have super high volume, uh, like a super high African-American population in the first place. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it about uh, location analysis. There's, there's not much, not much too insight, too, too much insight to, to really to draw from it, to be perfectly honest, but it gives you a really, really good understanding about like these, where these people are who mm-hmm. have this sentiment. Yeah. And, for those who that want to download the free uh, white paper, there is actually a graphic that actually shows the, the United States map and shows the heat map, uh, show the heat spot in each location. So you can actually clearly see the contrast between Hispanics and Blacks and the East Coast versus the West Coast. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit more easy to visualize, I guess, where those heat, heat spots are taking place. But another very important analysis is the next graphic that you're about to, to explain uh, regarding some of the word cloud and the hashtags that have dropped the conversation during the past 30 days. Yeah, so and Tasha, I'll, just, uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. And, and Jake, please add some, uh, some of the things that you saw. But, but these, what, what I'm looking at right now is this is what the, the, the hashtags that Latinos mention the most in any conversation about either candidate, Trump or Biden. And so you're seeing a lot of the ones that you, you know, you're probably familiar with, Trump 2020, Biden 2020. Um, and, but then there's other ones that are kind of, uh, that are new, that are, are, are starting to trend. Um, one of the ones that uh, we noticed was like, vote blue to save America 2020. So you're starting to see some of the political and civil rights conversation and, and where people are siding um, starting to come in there. You also had another one, this is a recent, uh, I guess a recent controversial topic was the Goya and the president, uh, or the CEO of Goya um, saying, Basically, pro-Trump comments, and actually, you see that by Goya showing up in the uh, in the in the conversation among Hispanics, um, and then with the African American. Jake, let me know if you saw anything. I'm not sure if you saw anything with uh, with Kanye or anything like that. But uh, these were there was a I think some similarities, right, with with the uh, hashtags you saw for the Black American community. Yeah, yeah, in keywords and hashtags, they were all extremely similar between like the, the between Hispanic and African Americans. I did think something that was kind of interesting was that uh, on the on the word cloud at real Donald Trump, his, his actual Twitter name was one of the, the trending words between so many people were tweeting at him and mentioning him that it literally popped up on the, the, the keyword cloud, which I have never seen a, a, a handle pop up on the keyword cloud, which I think is really interesting. That goes to show how many people are actually like 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 talking like literally at him and adding him and, and engaging with that. And then another thing that I thought was really interesting was that Kanye is how much 
he is trending because obviously like Kanye, he's an extremely famous celebrity, so it makes sense. But he announced his candidacy for president like extremely recently. And then on top of that, he, he recently just had like his first like like rally not too long ago where he actually talked about what his platform would be. And it's really interesting to me that his name is being mentioned like right next to the words vote Trump, Biden, Joe, like president, like Trump and Biden who have been personalities in this specific presidential race for a, like, a, like a long, long time now. And their household names, especially in the Twitter conversation where people are talking about politics. Now you have Kanye trending right next to them. It's really interesting. Really interesting. It goes to show the volume of people that are actually talking about Kanye specifically. Absolutely. This was a very insightful analysis, and we're going to continue tracking the pulse of the Hispanics and Black community around the, the presidential election. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jake, for doing this report today. And uh, for those listening, feel free to sign in again next week, and we're going to be presenting another analysis. Uh, for some of the trending topics, feel free to send any questions to info at com. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a great week.